The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's a Finish Strong Friday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app. It's also for the second week in a row, primarily because of my travel schedule, a Greg Cosell Friday. Get excited at Greg Cosell on Twitter. We will break down a little Tua, little Jake Luton, and of course, the biggest games week 10 in the NFL. I did make my picks yesterday for those of you that like a picks Friday. We made it a picks Thursday. What I like is winners. I like those of you that enjoy the shows and decide to go the extra mile. I want winners. I want people that want to win. People like Finley's dad, Nate, who retweeted yesterday's Ross Tucker football podcast. He didn't have his last name. It was just Nate something. But in his bio, it said Finley's dad. So you should know who you are. Finley's dad, Nate. Send me an email, ross at rostucker.com. Got a bunch of press passes now. Can get you a signed picture, signed card. You tell me, bro. I got whatever you want. Sponsor confirmation email winner, Mark Ranallo, R-A-N-A-L-L-O. He is one of the dudes that signed up for DraftKings and put the code in Ross. Send it to me. I love it, Mark. I don't know if you specified in your email whether you wanted a signed picture or a card. I'll go back to your email and check it out. If you didn't specify, let me know. YouTube shout out. Larry Hopkins. Larry, email me. Ross at RossTucker.com. Let me know who you'd want me to give a shout out for. I saw your comment. Your comment was, my first time checking out the YouTube page. Looks pretty cool. I get to see Greg Cosell and Andrew Brandt and see what they look like. YouTube.com slash NFL. You comment. Over there, I'll give you a cameo-style shout-out that people really seem to enjoy. Patron of the day, Mike Stahl. We keep racking up the patrons. It's awesome. Patreon.com slash RT Media. We are up over 100 now of the diehard tuckheads. Again, Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, so every week I bring on 
the great Greg Cosell, 41 years at NFL Films, NFL Matchup Show. What's the stat for that, Greg? It's like the longest-running studio show or something? First year was 1984, Ross. Steve Sable, Chris Berman, and Ali Sherman. Wow. That is – I remember Ali Sherman. I remember watching it back in the day. Yeah. That is absolutely – Fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, Greg, it looked like on TV, Tua Tungo-Vailoa played very well in his second start. And at least to the naked eye and statistically, it looked like he performed a lot better than he did in his first start. What did you see? Well, I think the first start you almost have to throw out as far as a true evaluation. I think what you saw in his second start was Chan Galley with a total understanding of what Tua's game is. It was rhythmic. It was timing-based. He hit his back foot. The ball came out, which means that Chan Galley's doing an outstanding job defining the reads and the throws and getting the primary open. And the other thing was a lot of play-action boot, which Tua is very, very good at. So they played to what Tua is. And to me, there's not a lot of mystery to what Tua is, Russ. We've talked about it. And I think you saw that play out. My guess is it will be very similar this week against a Chargers defense run by Gus Bradley. That is normally not that tactically difficult to play against. It's much more of an execution-based defense than a highly schemed defense. Okay. So there's a couple different things here, Greg. First of all, when I see Tua... By the way, I thought he showed a little more mobility than maybe you gave him credit for last week. Yeah, well, he had that one run that has been shown a thousand times, uh, and and that was a great run. I still don't think ultimately that will be his game. You know, I saw people on Twitter, people we both respect, say, oh, my God, he's Drew Brees and he's Steve Young. I think he's, as you know, more like Drew Brees. I don't think ultimately he's like Steve Young. I don't think he's immobile by any means. But when all said and done, I don't think that will be his game. So what stands out to me about him is he he when he comes back from center, he's got he's got very uh, explosive lower body. Like he, correct, he, he, incredibly he, he quick, that quick, and he just looks very natural throwing it. And it does look like he knows where to go. So I guess the question is. You say, great job by Chan Gailey, define reads. So if I'm a listener that's not sophisticated maybe with football, I'm thinking, well, why doesn't every coordinator do that for their quarterback? Why doesn't every coordinator give their quarterback define reads to make it easier for them? Well, every coordinator tries, and every every coordinator builds a pass offense ideally, ideally to the skill set of the quarterback. Uh, quarterbacks have different skill sets and traits. Tua is not a, a, a velocity drive it down the field thrower. So you're you're not going to ask him, for instance, to make the same kinds of throws snap after snap that let's say Justin Herbert can make. Whereas Justin Herbert does not have that explosive lower body drop, hit that back foot and get it out the way Tua does. So there's different skill sets and traits that quarterbacks have and you try to build, you, you should, in my view anyway, that's what I've been taught by by some of the best, that you should build your pass 
game around the traits of your quarterback. There's very few quarterbacks, Ross, that are transcendent, that can do everything. Mahomes is one, but there's not 50 of those guys. So you, you ultimately have to ideally build your pass game around the skill set and traits of your quarterback. How excited are you to watch that tape? Chargers, Dolphins? Oh, well, Justin Herbert's been a must-watch every week. I mean, he's played really, really well. And, you know, as I said, he's a different quarterback than Tua. They both can be really good NFL quarterbacks with different traits and different skill sets. Let me ask you this, okay, about Herbert and Josh Allen. Yeah. Herbert is no doubt in my mind playing better than he did last year at Oregon, better than I thought he ever would. Josh Allen completed like 50% of his passes at Wyoming. <laughs> He's playing much better. How does that happen? And how were NFL teams able to identify that that was there and that that could happen? Well, not every NFL team did, and not every person who we respect who evaluated Allen thought that he, he would be this. There are a lot of people now with revisionist history. But Josh Allen is a tough evaluation for the simple reason that his mechanics are not very good at all. He throws a lot of balls the way you would never teach anybody to throw a ball, Ross. Uh, and he may just be one of those guys. Now, Josh Allen obviously was phenomenal this past week with an incredibly high completion percentage and made a number of really good throws. And for the most part, he's done that this year. And I li really like Josh Allen's game a lot. But I don't think at his core, he's a true precision passer. Uh, obviously, he's up around 67, 68% right now, and there are downfield throws in that offense. It is not just a short passing game. Uh, so he's clearly improved in that area. But I, I don't know if if Josh Allen, I don't know if we'll ever be talking about Josh Allen the way we talk about someone like Drew Brees. You know, I just, he's he may not be that guy, but he's obviously being coached well. From what I understand, he's incredibly receptive to coaching and comes in every day with the attitude of what can I learn today? So that really is important for a, a quarterback's development. Um, speaking of Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills play the Arizona Cardinals, one of the marquee matchups yeah. in Week 10 in the NFL. What are you thinking about that one? Well, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, the, the Bills play – well, it's two teams that play the most out of what we call 10 personnel in the NFL, meaning one back and four wide receivers. The Cardinals are up around 23% of their snaps playing that way. The Bills are over 20% of their snaps. So the first thing I thought of, because I watched the Cards defense last week, and basically other than Patrick Peterson, they were playing with corners who were some were street free agents, but now they have Kirkpatrick back. They have Brian Murphy back. They signed Jonathan Joseph. So they feel for this week, I'm sure, that they can match up to the four wide receiver set that the Bills will put out there and that Josh Allen has been dominant throwing the ball uh, out of that personnel package. Interesting. Uh, you know, that's the things that I didn't know, uh, you know, that... Just trying to help you out, Ross. Just trying to help you out. No, I didn't, first of all, I didn't know about the 10 personnel for those two teams. Secondly, I didn't know that Arizona was struggling that bad, but, you know, that they're getting all these guys back. Well, that's absolutely critical because they have to be able to put out corners who can play, whether they play man coverage. And by the way, they're a high percentage cover one, which means man to man with a single high safety. Uh, they're a high percentage cover one defense. So I doubt they're going to change this week. OK, um, 
Before we get into some of these other games, I, I did want to ask you about Jake Luton. Yeah. You know, we talked about him last week. Uh, you had said, you know, what you saw on the college tape. He had one start in. I recognize small sample size. What did you see? Uh, some good and some bad. I, I think as, as I would have expected, because to me, he's and I mentioned this to you last week, that I think he could play in a Sean McVay offense like a Jared Goff. But the part of that is there's a programmed nature to playing in being that kind of quarterback. And that did show up with Jake Luton in that he pretty much focused on his primary read and he was going to throw the ball there. And if it was there, he made really nice throws. If it was not there, sometimes he still threw it. Um, <laughs> you know, and that, and that, well, that's just experience. But at the end of the day, he's a quarterback, as I've said, and I liked him coming out. He, don't forget he was a sixth-round pick. We're not talking about a top-ten pick in a draft. But I think that there's something there within the context of a really well-schemed, well-defined offense that allows him to play rhythmically like a Jared Goff-type player. Talking with Greg Cosell, the NFL Films guru, like we do every week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Greg, let's get into Giants-Eagles. Yeah. Eagles coming off a bye. It looks like they're getting Miles Sanders back, Alshon Jeffrey, Isaac Sayamalu, uh, Lane Johnson. Will that be enough to get Carson Wentz out of his turnover funk, or are they totally unrelated? Uh, they could be unrelated, uh, but I will say this. While everyone always wants to focus on the quarterbacks and Daniel Jones, obviously – I think the Giants' defense is one – because of their record, they're not very good, obviously, record-wise. But I think their defense over the last number of weeks is an overlooked unit in this league. Uh, they don't have a star pass rusher, so therefore people don't really focus on them. But they do a lot of things. They're very multiple with their front looks. There's a ton of disguise and late movement to get to different coverage concepts. They're a hard defense to play against tactically. And this is going to not be an easy game for Carson Wentz and the Eagles offense. And again, they, they have players back, no question. Uh, and maybe some guys will just make great individual plays. But tactically, Ross, this is a difficult defense to play against. I was really impressed. I did that game a couple weeks ago. Their D-line, Dalvin Tomlinson, Dexter Lawrence, those three guys are legit. Yeah. Did you do the Tampa game? No, I did uh, – Jaws did that one. I, I think I, I did Giants-Eagles on the third. Oh, okay. Night. Well, the, you know, the last two weeks, Tampa and Washington, watching the tape of both those games with the Giants D, that was, they do a lot of things. Um, and like I said, uh, they have pretty good people in the secondary, by the way. But uh, while they don't have one pure pass rusher, the players you mentioned are all really solid NFL players. You know, we almost always look forward here, Greg. We're talking late in the week. But I do feel like I have to ask you, since it was so stunning on so many levels, what happened in that Buck saints game? Uh, yeah. I mean, that was, that was so unexpected. Yeah, well, there's a couple things. Uh Let's start on offense. Number one, there were two things that's really stood out to me, uh, and, and there are probably many others, but, you know, just for the sake of time. 
Number one, I thought the Bucks O-line had a really poor performance. They really struggled to pass protect individually, one-on-one pass protection. I believe they were missing Ali Marpet and Joe Haig played, and he really struggled in one-on-one pass protection. And Tom Brady, very early in the game, started to get uncomfortable. There were a lot of bodies around him. No matter how great you are as a quarterback, it's the cumulative effect of pressure. You feel it. You start to play faster. Number two, I thought that the uh, Saints played a lot of man coverage and the Bucks had a really difficult time versus man coverage. Marshawn Lattimore has not had a great season, but he gets his game together every time he plays Mike Evans and he wins that matchup. And so they really gave them a hard time with their man coverage concepts. Quickly on the other side, everybody talked about Todd Bowles and the Blitz. The Saints knew that, so they did a couple of things. Number one, we know Drew Brees is a rhythm player. The ball comes out. Number two, they played a lot out of base personnel uh, through their first number of series. And most teams' pressure concepts come out of their sub, nickel and dime. So when you play base offense and you keep the other team in base defense, that limits and minimizes their pressure concepts. Ooh, that's interesting, Greg. See, that's something I, I wasn't – paying close enough attention to notice. That's interesting. They went with base to keep them out of some of their exotic blitz packages. I like it. Talking with Greg Cosell here, like we do every week on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, because he is the man and we thoroughly enjoy it. Seahawks-Rams. Yeah. Huge matchup in the NFC West. Seahawks coming off a really disappointing performance, both sides of the ball. Rams coming off a bye What will you be looking for in this matchup? Last two weeks, and this is fascinating, the last two weeks the Seahawks have been high percentage blitz, almost 50% two weeks ago against the 49ers when they were extremely successful, almost 60% blitz versus Josh Allen dropbacks last week, and Allen ate them up versus blitz. But I would expect them to continue to be high percentage blitz. We saw the last time the Rams played how much trouble they had with Miami. Now, Miami did a lot of zero blitz. You won't see those kinds of blitzes from Seattle. You might see it once or twice, but certainly not to the extent that Miami did. But I think Seattle will take from that Miami game that, hey, you want to get after Jared Goff. You want to make him uncomfortable. For the most part, he's a pocket quarterback. Uh, So I think you'll continue to see Seattle be aggressive with their pressure schemes. Interesting. Okay. And then finally, Greg, um, want to get your thoughts on Ravens. Patriots. Yeah. Sunday night football. Interesting matchup. Ravens won, but still didn't feel like the offense was great. A lot of people are making, uh, I think, way too much out of what Lamar Jackson said. I agree. Uh, knowing the defense, uh, knowing what they're running. Your thoughts? A um, couple of things. The Ravens pass game is going to need to be a little more expansive and ultimately better to get where they want to go. Um, and on the other side, You know, I'm very fascinated by this because we saw last week that the Patriots played, I think, almost 50 percent of their snaps with a fullback. And and that's kind of lost because we just talked about Cam Newton. So to me, that's going to be very interesting to see if they do that again and keep the Ravens in their base defense. And their base defense is good. But like I said, a lot of the the Ravens are, are really good with all those multiple front looks and their different pressure concepts coming from different places. 
So if you keep them in their base defense, you're going to limit that to some degree. So I'm really anxious to see if the Patriots continue to play with a high percentage of fullback Johnson on the field. Every week we talk to him here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and every week it just gets better and better. Check him out on Twitter, at Greg Cosell, the great NFL films guru. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it as always. Man, he's so good. Absolutely love it. My guess is that part of the reason why he's so good is that he eats right. And knowing Greg, he probably doesn't like to go to the store, which is why he probably loves HelloFresh as much as I love HelloFresh. It is absolutely awesome. First of all, it's delicious and nutritious. That's the double whammy for me right there. I love eating a lot of food. It's got to taste good. I can't eat stuff that doesn't taste good, but I want it to be healthy. You know, I'm a former offensive lineman. I've got two little girls. I'm hoping to have grandkids someday. I'm trying to be healthy. It saves the time and stress of going to the store. They have all kinds of flexible programs you can get into, which I really like. And all the food I've eaten from HelloFresh, absolutely delicious. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 90 Tucker and use code 90 Tucker to get 90 surprising dollars off, including free shipping. Very, very cool. HelloFresh.com slash 90 Tucker and use code 90 Tucker to get $90 off, including free shipping. You will not be disappointed. Tucks takes. Good morning, Ross. Let's start with last night's Thursday night game. Colts, 34-17 winners over the Titans. Yeah, that was kind of a crazy game. I mean, the Titans come out and they absolutely march on their opening drive and everybody's praising Arthur Smith as I think they probably should. And it was a really cool bootleg touchdown, wide open. I mean, both their touchdowns were really creative, wide open, Oh, just awesome goal-to-go plays. You know, the boot with the fullback in the flat, or I guess it was Deontay Foreman. Then the uh, tight end jet sweep, the John U. Smith. I mean, these are creative plays. One of the reasons why I'm so impressed with Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. I think he is absolutely legit. So the Titans got off to a fast start. After that, not quite as good. Uh, they were totally shut out in the second half as the Colts' defense is legit. But what really hurt the Titans, not only is the Colts' defense legit, held them to under 300 yards, but the Titans had missed field goals, shanked punts. They had a punt blocked for a touchdown. Very surprising from a Mike Vrabel-coached team. Very surprising. And obviously, you just can't expect to win games that way. Even though the Colts stalled out near the goal line in the red zone a couple times, it didn't matter. They just kept getting there. I mean, they played so – they had so many snaps on the Titans side of the ball. Naeem Hines was the star. He had a big game. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. had a big game coming off the injury. He could be huge for the Colts, like a difference maker, if they can get that kind of production from him. Phillip Rivers had a nice game, which was – very much needed, and he passes Dan Marino on the all-time yardage list. 
really impressive win for the Colts. There's no question about it. They needed it. They got it. And now I think they play again in a couple weeks, which will be just as important. But awesome football game for Indianapolis and surprising, really surprising loss for the Titans. Just not, not that they lost, but the way in which they lost. Not just the score, but special teams. And they kind of got their butt kicked. Takes. Have some new COVID news today. Uh, Chiefs put wide receiver Mecole Hardman and the Dolphins put both D lineman Christian Wilkins and linebacker Kyle Van Noy on the COVID list. Right. So McCole Hardman is a loss for the Chiefs. However, you know, they still have Tyreek Hill. I, I haven't checked on Sammy Watkins' health status, but they still have weapons, right? The Marcus Robinson's good, but for the Dolphins. With the way the defense has been playing, to lose both Christian Wilkins and Kyle Van Noy, that's rough. That's really rough. I mean, those guys have played at a very, very high level on that defense. So that's not good with the Chargers coming to town to lose those guys. takes. In the AFC North, the Bengals claim defensive end Tack McKinley off waivers, while the Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson says the defenses are calling out the Ravens' plays. So one last thing on the Wilkins and Van Noy thing. This is part of NFL football in 2020. You know, you need to get your how your team handles COVID and handles what they do away from the field, that's going to be as important as watching film, as important as practice, like that's part of the formula for on-field success in 2020. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, As for Tack McKinley, yeah, I mean, the Bengals had traded Carlos Dunlap recently, so kind of makes sense to claim Tack McKinley off waivers and see if they can get some production out of him with a change of scenery. As for Lamar Jackson... I mean, you know, of course, it's such an easy thing for every media entity to then jump on and make a big deal out of. Look, defenses call out plays all the time. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. It's called tendencies based on your formation, based on motions down in distance. I mean, I've told the story before when I played against the Ravens and Ray Lewis, he knew what we were running like 50% of the time. You know, London Fletcher used to know what was coming a lot. I mean, that's part of putting the time in and the preparation. And I saw where Lamar said, sometimes when we're running the ball, they say run. Yeah, no kidding, dude. They can tell by the offensive lineman's stance how much weight they have for it, how much weight they have in their hand. I mean, you know, D, D lineman will say rain, rain, rain. That means that they think it's a run. I mean, that, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Maybe Lamar is just not used to that, not familiar with that. And by the way, if the tendencies are that strong that they're calling things out, then if you just tweak it a little bit, like I'm sure Greg Roman will this week, then you can really throw them off if they they think that the other tendencies the other way are that strong. So this is like a lot of people that don't know football are making a mountain out of a molehill, which is why you guys listen or watch the Raw Sucker Football Podcast every day because I tell you the truth. Like I, I played for seven years. I, I tell you the truth, which is that it's not a big deal. Tux takes.
Lastly, Penn State star running back Journey Brown announced that he must medically retire from football after a heart condition was discovered this past summer. This one hurts. This one hurts. Gets me upset. Um, You know, Journey was, according to Dane Brugler, the number one ranked running back in the country for the NFL draft. Projected first round pick. Had a terrific season last year for Penn State, especially this finish to the season. And to never be able to play football again, my heart goes out to him. You know, the flip side to that is, thank goodness they caught it before there was something really tragic that happened. And at least football enabled him to get his college education paid for free. And he was able to have some special moments in the blue and white for Penn State. But it's a shame that he was never able to get any financial security from from his un- – I mean, the, the kid won the state championship in the 100 meters with a 10-3. He beat Olympian Leroy Burrell's state record. He is unbelievably physically gifted. By all accounts, though, a terrific young man that hopefully will go on to do some great things with his life. Um, so it's kind of a mixed bag that that, that – you know, it's obviously very unfortunate and very sad, but it's good that they found it now. It's also good that DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover with risk-free Sunday betting on all of Sunday's actions. Plus, we've got the weekend's major golf tournament. We've got college football. There's a lot of action available at DraftKings this weekend. Listen to the Even Money podcast. Follow especially the best bets from Steve and I. And if you haven't already, download the top-rated, it is top-rated, DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. You bet, and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code ROSS during sign-up. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or Pennsylvania only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at rosstucker.com. Not many things I like more than getting those emails from you. Number one, I love your email questions. Number two, it means that you took advantage of one of our sponsors, which is huge for us, especially with the holidays coming up. What do you got, Brian? Hey, Ross, I finally pulled the trigger. I listened to the RTFP, Even Money, College Draft, and the Fantasy Feast Weekly, and I'm proud to be a new Tuckhead. I have a question concerning overtime possession in NFL games. Now, hypothetically, let's say Team A wins the toss and elects to receive. During their initial drive, Team A throws an interception. The defensive player establishes possession, and during the interception return, Team A forces and recovers a fumble on the same play. In summary, two turnovers, one by each team on the same play, and Team A ends up with the possession. At this point, both teams possess the ball. And can then Team A now win the game on the field goal? Well, first of all, Austin, you've been awesome so far on as a tuckhead 
on our private Slack channel. It's been fun chatting with you back and forth, getting to know you a little bit more. Really appreciate it. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Any patron, by the way, can ask a question. So that's awesome. Secondly, I don't know the answer to this, Austin. And I'm and I'm happy to admit when I don't know the answer. I would think it does count as a possession, but I'm not sure because it's just the defense in the context. I know like um, I think I'm trying to think of some of the other things like a safety um, onside kick. Like I, I, I do believe that that it would count as a possession, but I'm not sure. That would be, in my mind, awesome what the old Google machine is for. Because that's got to be, somebody's got to have asked that. It's got to be somewhere there. Good question. I like it when you guys stump me, too. By the way, this is just kind of a little life lesson. The smartest people I know admit what they don't know. The smartest people I know freely admit the things they don't know. So just, just a word to the wise there. Okay. And that's, I'm not saying I'm smart. I'm just saying I will readily admit I do not know the answer for sure to what the question you just asked, Austin. And I'm not like embarrassed. It doesn't make me feel bad. Like, I don't know everything. I, I don't know that. And I think it's okay in life. I think, you know, I think we'd be a lot better off if more people were willing to admit that they don't know things, you know, a lot better off. Anyway, I'll get off my high horse, as they say. Shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing. DynastyFreaks.com, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X. Great week here on the Ross Tucker Podcast Network family of shows. If you didn't check out the College Draft Podcast, we're picking against the spread now. Even Money Podcast, of course, you know the deal there. Fantasy Feast Podcast as well. Have a terrific weekend. Finish strong. It's a Finish Strong Friday. We will be back on Monday, of course. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.